tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Well, welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And we've been traveling around the world talking to creative practitioners about how they get inspired and how they organize those ideas and how to gain the confidence and the connections to launch their work out into the world. And today we're going to apply some, I mean, lifelong, historically long principles of confidence, relationship building, and well, really, how to win friends and influence people. And if you haven't heard this title in your career, you're missing out. But today we're talking to Joe Hart, who's president and CEO of the Dale Carnegie Training Company. Joe, welcome to the program. Thanks, Mark. Great to be with you. And Joe, you've got a terrific new book just coming out called Take Command. And it is a Dale Carnegie book. It's built on those principles. But uh, one reviewer called it a modern manual you know, for these kind of human relations development. Let's take both of those words for a second. How, how have you modernized some of these classic Dale Carnegie principles? And then how do we find this to be a manual, really a guidebook for our success? Yeah, so so it's interesting because even beginning this project, it was a little daunting in a way. You think about the masterpiece of what How to Win Friends and Influence People is, right? It's best-selling book for over 85 years, influenced tens of millions of people, and is just, you know, Dale Carnegie is just so brilliant. And How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, another phenomenal book of Dale Carnegie's. And, you know, the observation we had was, you know, you know we don't, we don't want to try to rewrite these books. Um, we want to build on these books and contextualize them really for a modern audience. So many times people will read either of those books and say, you know, these are phenomenal, you know, and some of the things might be harder to relate to to today's reader, things that were written in the 30s or the early 1900s and so forth. So what we set out to do was to, to was to say, you know, these principles are still every bit as applicable as they are, uh, as they were when they were written, uh, maybe, maybe even more important today than they were uh, in many ways. Um, and let's find some examples of people around the world. So we actually, we interviewed hundreds of people, young people particularly. This book is, it's geared I, I primarily for a younger audience, I'd say 22 to 45. I mean, I think hopefully it could benefit anyone. And maybe certainly many people who've read it are, are outside of that age range. But um, we wanted to find stories that people could really relate to. Um, you've got divor diverse stories from people all over the world who are successful or telling their experiences, applying the Dale Carnegie principles principles, whether they realized it was the Dale Carnegie principles or not. We also, um, you know, we start each chapter with a quote from Dale Carnegie, and we, we've created our own set of principles, you know, based on the lessons in the chapter. So those, the, today's principles are a little bit different, uh, and maybe uh, things that uh, can resonate with a, with a younger audience. The manual part is funny, because I, I gave a, a copy of this book to a friend of mine, and uh, just an early galley copy, kind of like the one you have, Mark. And he said, you know, the, the thing about this book, this is not a book that you just read. This is a book that I'm going to need to come back to over and over and over, because part of what we're working on is, you know, how do you take command of your thoughts and your emotions, right? That's not something you do in a single aha kind of moment. It's something you have to work on and practice, or how do you take command of your relationships or your future, your vision? So, you know, we see it as a manual or a roadmap that people will hopefully come back to and read and then apply and practice and so forth, because our goal really is for this to be a transformative uh, work in the lives of the readers. 
So good. And I couldn't help but notice some of the sort of craftsmanship of the book. You say you're opening with a Dale Carnegie quote. I, I, I also noticed the stories that you talk about in the original 1936 edition. Uh, he also uses a lot of stories of corporate leaders and you know public figures. And I really think that, as you say, it does help bring this to life. It's not just here's a checklist of things to do or things to say instead of this, say this. Uh, but the stories and examples really do bring it to life. Yeah, well, thank you for saying that. When we undertook to write this, I mean, again, Dale Carnegie is so brilliant, such a master storyteller. Part of the thing that makes all of this book so compelling are just these powerful stories. We basically said we want a high percentage of this book of Take Command to be stories. People love stories. They resonate with stories. People have their own epiphanies around stories. So we set out for 80 plus percent of the book to be um, stories combined with what might be research or insights or other kinds of lessons. So we didn't want this to be kind of a lecture book, you know, the kind of book that you read. It's like someone's just telling you what you need to do. It's like, okay, you know, there's the the example teaches, the saying that the example teaches, the story teaches. So we really tried to to find some some really great stories and and hopefully to tell those stories in a pretty compelling way. Yes. Well, then in addition, the each chapter is bookended or uh, summarized you know, by a kind of a take command principle and action steps. And I just selected one of them here on this opportunity to find change. But it does highlight that one of the things that all these stories have moving through them is the idea of overcoming resistance, embracing change, you know, experiencing joy despite hardships. And boy, these, these are tough lessons to learn sometimes because, you know, we feel like we've been beaten down sometimes and it's hard to move forward. But I, I wondered if you could comment on this idea of embracing change, especially in, in the modern world. Yeah, it's a, it's such a challenge for all of us. It can be to embrace change, right? Things, you know, we, we like to have things in a, in a controlled way or we, we live in our comfort zones or whatnot, and then something changes. Excuse me. Certainly, over the past couple of years, when we were dealing with COVID, I mean, this is a change that none of us would have wished on ourselves or the world. And then the question is, you know, how do we deal with this and all the different things that come along with it? Um, so, this concept of embracing change, whether it's in something big or something small, is you know the reality that often the problem with change is our response to it. You know, we we resist, we fight, we argue, we we we. We wish that it wasn't so. We get frustrated or angry or fearful. And, and the reality is, and this is one of the principles that Dale Carnegie teaches in How to Win Friends, is, or I'm sorry, actually it's in uh, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, is cooperate with the inevitable, you know, which is, you know, sometimes things are going to happen. Okay. It doesn't mean you don't respond to those things. You have to respond to those things and deal with those things. What you don't want to do is to create unnecessary stress and anxiety and fear about things that may have nothing to do with it. You know, say there's a change at, at work or there's a policy at work that changes or there's someone says there's going to be a merger. OK, well, then, you know, do, does our mind automatically go to the worst possible situation or do we think to ourselves, you know what, I can get through this no matter no matter what happens. The question is, where's the opportunity? So part of what we're trying to do in the entire first part of the book is to help people work on mindset. You know, we've got kind of our own way of seeing the world. Often that way can be can be it can be negative if we let those those thoughts kind of guide us. So, you know, how do we reframe our thinking? How do we develop a mindset? How do we condition our minds and ourselves for success so that we can become 
resilient and agile and just really strong. And, you know, you face some adversity, whatever it is, and, you and, you know, and you can work through it and keep on moving and find opportunity and, and thrive even during difficult times and embracing change in that chapter you referenced is a really important part of that whole process. Yes. And I couldn't help but wonder, again, thinking about your creative process. I don't know exactly when you decided, hey, now's the time to do a book. But as you mentioned, we've been through uh, years now, months of change. And I was curious if you were sitting there in 2019 saying, I think we ought to write a book about you know success principles. Uh, how did you navigate through all the change and then say, we still have a relevant book, you know, despite everything we've been through? Yeah, it's interesting because I've I've had in the back of my mind for many years to write a book, but I really couldn't think about, you know, what exactly would it want it to be. And 2020 was the time at which it all kind of galvanized because frankly, I, I was going through a very hard time just like everyone else was. And, and part of what led to this book and the creative process around this book was my own experience. So in January of 2020, let me just back up, Mark, as Dale, you know, Dale Carnegie is a global company. We've got 200 operations in 80 plus countries. And one of those countries is China. And when COVID struck in 2020, we were realizing what this was, maybe even before a lot of people, certainly North America were, because we were seeing our teams impacted. And, and, and I remember our China team telling us, you know, we're going to be going to a lockdown. And, and the concept of lockdown was just, it was just, it was just crazy. And, and it was like, well, how long is this going to be? And what's the impact in this? And then all of a sudden it started to be other countries throughout Asia and then Europe. And then finally it got the United States and then uh, in Canada and, and Latin America. But by March 2020, we had seen a, a very significant part of our business start to shut down. Basically, we were an in-person training company. And as the CEO of that company, I, I had many, many sleepless nights. And I talk about this in chapter one of the book where um, I finally had an epiphany one night. I kept waking up at three in the morning. I was just really just, just sick with worry, even though I shouldn't have been. I, I had the benefit of years and decades worth of these principles. But in those moments, I was I was struggling. And um, I, I found something in How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. It was a chapter 12 of the book where Dale Carnegie's asked about the most valuable thing you ever learned. He said, the most valuable thing you ever learned was the value of what we think. And you know, our life is what our thoughts make it. And, and he talks about how why is it the two people who are in the same spot, one is miserable, one is happy. And I started to think it for myself, about um, why I was framing everything in, in such a catastrophic way. And I took command for myself and for the business and all, you know, in a whole range of different ways and turned that around. And as a result, our business, and frankly, again, it's, it's our team. We've got a global team of people who are phenomenal, who really made a huge difference in embracing change. But we, we turned things around. And so it was right around, I think, June or July of 2020, where I started to think, to, think about, we've got to get these principles to a world that hurts, you know, individuals, businesses, organizations, how do we, you know, it's, and it's, so, so it really came down to the idea was first, you got to take command of yourself. If you can't control or impact your, your thoughts and your emotions, then it's so easy to just get, get sucked into a whirlwind of just toxicity. So you got to take control of yourself and your thinking. You got to set yourself up for success. You got to develop resilience and inner strength. The second part, and that really comes from Dale Carnegie's How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, inspired part one. Part two is what about your relationships? Now that you're, you're working on yourself, 
everything in life comes down to relationships so much. And, and whether we're happy or unhappy or effective or ineffective comes down to those relationships. So part two is take command of your relationships. And then part three, and, and that comes from how to win friends and influence people. Part three is really, well, what about your future? You know, do we get frustrated where we look at our lives and we think about years that go by and we're like, oh my gosh, I've never really done the things that I really want to do. Part three is about, you know, what, what are your values? What's your vision for yourself? What are the things if you lived an intentional life, a life unbounded by fear, what would you do? What would you go for? And how do you start taking steps right now to make that happen? So a lot of that is inspired by the Dale Carnegie course, the world famous Dale Carnegie course. So we put all those things together. We had the idea to do it. We worked on the idea Michael and I did for uh, many, many months framing the book before we went to Simon and Schuster and they all ultimately said, we love this idea and we move forward with them. Very good. Well, I'm glad you brought Michael up because I wanted to make sure that uh, we mentioned your co-author, Michael Crum. And uh, as I was researching, Michael obviously had been a chief learning officer at the company and now a board member, but the, you got to look at the asterisk and say, Michael is the grandson of Dale Carnegie. How was it writing this book and working alongside someone who, who would have been literally raised on these principles. Yeah, it, he was. I mean, this is the, the the Dale Carnegie principles were part of his upbringing. We talk about this in different parts of the book. Uh, I've known Michael for over 20 years, tremendous human being and, and someone who just has such a breadth of knowledge. So he was the first person I thought about when I thought about kind of this concept of the book. And uh, it, it was great to work with him because he he himself had just been interviewing these he'd, he'd find these fortune 30 under 30 people he's been intrigued he, he is an extraordinary interviewer he asks just these just such insightful questions that kind of really get people talking and and so he had been conducting these interviews and we were talking about it and that was really an important foundation for the book is hey you know we want this to be rich with stories and these these people these young people are absolutely mind-blowing in terms of some of the things that they've been able to do so Michael himself interviewed over 100 people, and many of those people are, are featured in the book. So it was it was a lot of fun working with him. And, uh, you know, from a creative standpoint, you know, we were in agreement pretty much with everything. So that was not really, I'd say, any conflict in the writing process. Very good. Well, and I think about the generational uh, passing down of these principles, and you mentioned the target reader of your new book might be this younger generation. And I couldn't help but think of the, I guess I'll call it the family tree, but certainly the lineage of success and motivational uh, writers and speakers. If you come down from Napoleon Hill and uh, Dale Carnegie, all the way to W. Clement Stone, to uh, Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen, you know, Tony Robbins and, and all of Zig Ziglar, all the ones that we know and love. Uh, did you find that the new generation of leaders can still embrace uh, this generational, you know, sort of cross-generational principles? We we did. It's interesting because sometimes we think, you know, we live in a modern world and things are so different today. And in many ways, they are very different. Technologically, they're different. The way we communicate, the way we connect is different. And at the same time, we're still human beings. And so the things that, say, Dale Carnegie wrote about or learned in 1912 or in the 20s and 30s, those principles, those insights were almost breakthroughs in human understanding. So a lot of the, the people that you mentioned kind of, you know, root back to, to Dale Carnegie. Exactly. Right? I mean, so whether it's Zig Ziglar or Tony Robbins, many of these people are, are, are those who 
taken Dale Carnegie programs, read his books. Jan, Jan Canfield, I believe, is also pretty familiar with mm-hmm. Dale Carnegie. And um, so the reason why a lot of these things resonate is because they 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 connect with us on a human level. They, they goes to they go to who we are. Dale Carnegie talks about appreciating and respecting and listening uh, to people, making them feel important. Um, I mean, we still have those same you know desires, and so to speak, as people did you know way back when. The difference might be that we're connecting in some different ways. It may not be face to face. It might be through social media, through texting, and so forth. So, if we think about relationships, we need to be more mindful in many ways of how we communicate because we can easily trigger someone uh, in a way that maybe we didn't intend. And I wanted to move towards the end of the book. You go from sort of personal development principles to community development, world building. Uh, I think this does resonate with this generation that says, I don't want to just you know make a career for myself or do a great job and get promoted, but I really do want to make an impact. And uh, this book takes us there, doesn't it? It, it, it does. And, and it does uh, for a specific purpose, uh, partly because for a couple of reasons. One is, you know, observation that Michael and I have both had, you know, and this is perspective about getting older, is that when you get older and then you talked about people who are even older, they look back in their lives and they say, gosh, you know, I wish I had taken more chances. I wish I'd been more bold. I, I, yeah, I really wanted to do this, but I didn't because I was afraid. So so many times people get to later stages of their, li- their lives and they have regret. The other thing is that many younger people really are uh, purpose-driven. They they want to make an impact. They they are uh, they are values-based. They will choose an employer that to work with or not based upon the values of the company. So, so when you you t- think about those two things, those last four chapters of the book, part three, really are all about you know what what do you want to do in life? You know you, you you've got this day and. Once this day is over, that day is gone. You got one fewer day. It's like you want to make sure your days have impact. Life is great, right? So trying to keep people focused on on some of the the end results. And and the people, some of the stories in the book are absolutely extraordinary about people who've done just incredible things. In in many cases, they are impacting oceans like Daniela Fernandez, who was a 19-year-old at Georgetown and basically said, I want to create an alliance of people to focus on saving the oceans. And she's created the Sustainable Ocean Alliance, which is this global, uh, maybe the largest global organization of its kind. And, and she, she, you know, so people would say, how do you do that? Well, she did that, you know, so that was for around her purpose or her vision. But other people have other kinds of, of things. But our goal is, hey, Mark, what's your vision? Okay, this is not about about suggesting what someone's vision should be, but what's really important to you? What what resonates with you? What do you want your life to be about? And and those chapters are really about trying to help people think those things through and also take steps to live intentionally so that when they get to the end of their lives, they can really be uh, you know proud about the things that they've accomplished. Yes. And I think about the readers who would say, well, this is great for a CEO of Ford and Boeing and uh, a Major League Baseball Hall of Famer and a best-selling author and so forth. But what about me? I'm just, I'm just you know, I'm just a guy. I'm just a gal. Uh, how do these principles help sort of the average person? Yeah, the book is written especially for you or for for anybody who says, what about me? You know, it's, it's, it's you know... It, I think about my kids, you know, and I've, I've learned a lot as a father. I've got six children who are 16 to 24. And 
I look at a, a generation that really needs the kinds of things that are in this book because they, they haven't had the benefit, Mark, that maybe you and I have had of, of reading and learning and so forth. I'm 54, so there's a lot I've I've read and learned. And you know, if I'd had a book like this when I was younger, it would have saved me a lot of time and energy in terms of just trying to figure things out, things about myself, things I stressed about, worried about, you know, um, struggles and relationships or whatnot. So this is especially designed for uh, a younger audience that can that can thrive if they apply the principles and ideas in it. Very good. Well, we're looking forward to uh, digging into it. And uh, Joe, this might be a good time for me to ask you how to connect with you, learn more about your work personally, but also Dale Carnegie Training's work. Yeah, thank you. So um, a couple of ways that you can connect with me. Uh, I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn and Twitter. So um, you can just, I think it's Joseph K. Hart or my, my handles on both Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, DaleCarnegie.com is where you can learn more about Dale Carnegie. And frankly, I, I'm just super fired up and passionate about what we do as a business because, you know, it was a Dale Carnegie course that I took in my 20s that was pivotal. It literally just changed everything for me. I was a young lawyer at that time. And I realized in taking the course and I was challenged on vision like we do in part three of this book you know, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Do you want to see 20 or 30 or 40 years of, of doing this? And I've got a lot of friend, friends who are lawyers and they're awesome lawyers and they love what they're doing. And that's great for them, but it wasn't for me. So it was a catalyst. The Dale Carnegie course was a catalyst for me to think about my vision and ultimately to change what I was doing. And frankly, the skills that I learned uh, gave me the confidence, the vision, the ability to interact with people. Um, so I went from the law into a business I was quickly promoted through that business, ultimately left that business to start my own e-learning company, um, was able to, to keep that business going through very, very challenging times in 2001 uh, after 9-11, uh, ultimately sold that business and helped start another one, which where I was the president of a company. And so the, the principles of Dale Carnegie have just been such a key part of, of my life. Um, I've shared that my share this these with my wife and my kids. Uh, all of whom have taken Dale Carnegie programs. We offer programs for young people, for teens. And frankly, I think one of the best gifts that a parent can give uh, one of their kids is to take a program like this. The biggest regret I had when I took my Dale Carnegie class as a 27-year-old was I wish I had taken this earlier. You know, it really would have, the earlier, the better for me. So, so our programs are available. Um, we work with companies. Frankly, a lot of organizations bring us in to help with talent development, culture change. We work with 400 of the Fortune 500 companies. Uh, we work with companies globally. So um, it's it's a it's a true honor and privilege to be a part of this organization, Mark, um, and to have the impact that we do. I'll say one more thing, if I may, which is that you know I, I became in 2019 a Dale Carnegie trainer, just like your wife. I know your wife is a, a former yes. Dale Carnegie trainer, so she knows it's not easy to do that. And um, part of the reason I wanted to do it is I want to be close to our methodology. It's very hard to become a Dale Carnegie trainer. you know. But when you talk to someone who says, I took a Dale Carnegie program 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it changed my life. It's like, how does that happen? So I wanted to learn those things for myself. And part of the power of that for me, I just I taught a Dale Carnegie program in Atlanta in uh, November and it's just, you know, the way that our programs impact people personally, that it can help build confidence, help them with people skills, communication skills. People might be nervous about speaking in front of other people. All of a sudden, 
that goes away. They get much more comfortable. Um, how do they learn to deal with stress and wor worry? How do they build better relationships? They've got a boss that they can't get along with. How do they learn how to navigate that? So those are the kinds of things that we teach in our programs, and they, they can be game changers for, for individuals and for uh, organizations. Yeah, they really can. And I, I have seen that not only uh, with my wife, but also we we did recommend programs like this for our children and many employees that I've worked with. I often saw it as a public speaking course, and I wanted to close on that note. The idea of storytelling comes up in our podcast almost every episode that people are either telling a story to investors or they're writing a book to tell a story or making a film or writing a song to tell a story. And I think about the exercise in a Dale Carnegie class where you're literally asking to stand up and tell your story for I forget how long it is a minute two minutes it's not very it's long two minute talk yeah a two minute talk so maybe as we close uh, Joe I could ask you to give one of those two minute talks and tell us about take command the book uh, and why we should be reading it yeah so so let me just say that the two minute talks that you reference are a hallmark of Dale Carnegie and just to go back for one second yes. you know part of what he discovered just as you did he set out for for the Dale Carnegie course to be a public speaking course he found out it was about so much more it was about confidence in interpersonal skills and so forth so that ultimately led to the Dale Carnegie course but here's what I'd say about uh, take command you know take command is an opportunity for people to look at their lives and to say, am I happy with this? Or in what ways could I get even better? How can I be more effective? Are there things that cause you to, to, to fear or to hold you back? What are the things that the insecurities that you have or the difficulties you have in with, with stress or worry or anxiety? You know, Number one, it's gonna help you take command of yourself. You're gonna find yourself to become a stronger, uh, more resilient person, someone who can handle the challenges that life comes. That, that's part of what we, we are, uh, are part of the promise of that whole first part of the book. Um, the second thing is, you know, is relationships. I don't know where people are. You know, maybe people have great relationships with everyone. Maybe people don't, you know, but if you want to advance in your organization, if you want to have a, a strong family life and those kinds of things, the principles we teach in this book are, are invaluable. And then the last part really is about your future. You know, what is important to you as a human being and who are the people you want to impact? Do you think about that? Do you have a plan for that? Do you know how to get that? So the value of Take Command for someone is it's really about your life. It's about you creating the life that you want, taking action right now. It's not It's not called study. It's not called learn to take command. It's, it's Take Command. This is the time and, and you're the person to do it. Good call to action. Thanks for that summary, Joe. I really appreciate you being on the show. It's been a great conversation. Can't thank you enough. Thank you, Mark. It's been a, a pleasure to be with you. And listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation too. And let me remind you, we've been talking with Joe Hart. He and his co-author, Michael Crum, have written a terrific book, Take Command. And it's just released from Simon & Schuster. And we've been talking about Take Command and this subtext, find your inner strength, build enduring relationships, and live the life you want. And we have a chance to talk to a lot of great authors on this show, but rarely have we uh, had mention of such a great author as Dale Carnegie himself. So Take Command is the book. Put it on your bookshelf right next to Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, as well as the Stop Worrying and Start Living. Uh, these will be good guidebooks for your personal, your company, and just your uh, relationship development. 
So thanks again, Joe. And listeners, come back again next time. We'll continue our around-the-world journeys to talk with creative practitioners of all kinds, how they get inspired, how they organize their ideas, and how they gain the confidence, as we've talked about today, and connections and human relations to launch your work out into the world. So until next time, I'm Mark Stinson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliQ Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and thepeaceroom.love.